It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud up. What do you got? So we were talking about pregnancies, you know, with Momo being pregnant and almost due or trying to induce her label. Labor? Labor. Oh, my God. I can't talk. Anyways, <laughs> this story actually really freaked me out because I don't know if I'm going to have kids and all this other story. But a Texas woman gets pregnant while being pregnant. Wait, what? Like, exactly. Exactly. I was like, how do you get pregnant while already being pregnant? So a 30-year-old woman learned that she was pregnant back in March of 2021. She goes, you know, she does all the things. She goes and gets her ultrasound. And they see that it's only one embryo. But because she has a history of miscarriages, her doctor's like, hey, come back in two weeks. We just want to, you know, make sure that everything's progressing correctly. So she goes back and she finds two embryos now. So her doctor's like, um... You got pregnant while being pregnant. So this phenomenon is very rare, super, super rare, but it can occur. Clearly rare, yes. Yes, and it's called, I'm going to butcher this, super fetation, super fetation, doctors correct me, but it's basically when you get pregnant while being pregnant. Is it rare in the context of like, in the years that we've been able to identify things like this, we know it hasn't happened often, or is it rare in the sense that like, we know that the science doesn't actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like 150 years ago, mm-hmm. this might have happened all the time, but we just didn't know because, like, we didn't, we didn't have, have that kind of technology. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just wondering what the actual science is on that in terms of the ability for it to go down at any particular moment. Shout yeah. out Scott Kaplan, because in my WebMD, you know, like, yeah. Dr. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. No okay, so I'm looking it up here. I'm looking it up here. It says, in medical terms, the condition called superfetation is in which a new pregnancy pregnancy occurs during an initial pregnancy pregnancy within days or weeks after the first one. Mm-hmm. So it, it's you you can get fertilized. It, it doesn't happen like if you're already months pregnant. Right, right, yeah. right. It's, right. Weeks. Uh, it's well, just two weeks. Is two it weeks, is yeah. it? And this is just a separate question based on my curiosity. Is it dangerous? Like, is this woman at further risk in her pregnancy as a result? Well, of it's like birth? having twins. Yeah. It's, so it's it just more, oh, yeah. so it just okay. Yeah. Just boom, yeah. hop on in. Yeah. Right, but one is going to be younger than the other by a few weeks. Right. Yeah. So that that and that. In that process, that can mean something, sure. So she gave Kids birth. free at Olive Garden. No, I'm going. Oh, my Go God. On. She gave birth to healthy babies. Good. Yeah. Good for her. That's right. crazy, though, That's, right? That is wild. I, I was not familiar with that. Me neither. I was like, this is why I'm not getting pregnant. Uh-uh. Might happen no, no. twice. You never know. Yeah, 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 wow. How about that? Mm. Yeah. Cool story. Right. I don't know. Yeah, very cool story. So be careful, gentlemen and ladies out there, is what we're saying. <laughs> Coloring. Don't get too freaky after just a few weeks. <laughs> it is Friday. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> that is what you need to know brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Um, Tony Gonsolin has been freaking incredible. Yes. He leads. Now, Bergman, does he lead the National League or the entire majors in ERA? The right National now? League. National okay. League. 1.59. Wow. Most importantly. Crazy. Blanked the Mets. First time that's happened this season, Mm -hmm. Greg. And that's one of those things where you think about a team, and I know that this sounds cliche, and I know that these guys are pros and all that, but you come off not just a series loss to the Pirates, but a sweep. 
and you don't get an off day, you don't travel, just another team comes in the next day to blank them at home and play the way that they did. I thought that was a tremendous turnaround, George. Oh, yeah, I don't think there's any question that's the case. Like, that, that's a pretty cool deal for them. And I do think some of this is, you know, random baseball, right? Like, just yeah. it's just baseball. Like, it's random, and sometimes you lose to crappy teams, right? Like, that's the way it works. I mean, even get swept potentially at home. Which oh, yeah, is, well, to be fair, they've lost two series to the Pirates now. So right, that's, that's true, right. But yeah. There, but, yeah. Yeah, but so sometimes it's just a, a crappy matchup or just fluky baseball stuff. But this series between the Dodgers and Mets – I mean, you tell me, Clinton, you are a much bigger mm-hmm. baseball person than I am. Um, I think just from a 30,000-foot view, like this has the potential to be an NLCS, oh, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's why this game was so important. And I think that even in what we were just saying, you might be able to say the Dodgers were looking past the Pirates, if we're being honest, in terms of who the Mets are as a team. Greg, I don't know how you feel about that, but this was – you know, listen, they all count the same, and people say that games in May or June don't count as much as games in August and September, but that's not true. They do all count the same, and sometimes mm-hmm. you can look back at different opponents that you beat and you say, you know what, that was a win. You win a 2-0 game after coming off getting swept right around against a team that had a better winning percentage than you did? This is tremendous for me, Greg. Yeah, see, but I, that's, this is what happened last year, though. They, they lost some games early on that they probably shouldn't have lost, and they lost the division to the Giants because they didn't win those games early on. Yeah. So absolutely they mean something. But I mean, what, what they're doing right now, what they did last night, was exactly kind of what you want on a regular basis anyway, where Tony Gonsolin comes in, pitches – Lights out is great, and then you go over to Brisdor Gratterall, who was fantastic, and then into Daniel Hudson, into Craig Kimbrell, and that's what this is supposed to be every single game for this team. It works. They only had three base runners, I want to say. Like, this was about, as, hits. This about hits, as good as the Dodgers have looked, you know, in terms of exactly what you're saying, Greg. This is, this is what, George, they're set up to do, and they did it. And when you can figure it out at the top end against the good teams, nothing but good grades from it. Oh yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and and look, they they're kind of set up in. This is going to sound strange, right? With Gonsolin and Anderson going to win the series because those two guys have been unbelievable to start the season. And if you would have told me at the beginning of this season that Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson would be leading the way, I would have been like, "Is everyone else hurt?" I mean, <laughs> I you know one one person is hurt, but I. I would have never in my wildest dreams guessed that this was the case. Trey Turner's got a 25-game hitting streak as well. I'm just kind of extolling virtues here, George. I thought there were some good fielding plays as well. You know, if you really watch each inning to inning, you can look at the box score and say 2 nothing. But if you watch that game, required a couple, not quite web gems, but certainly plays. You know what I'm saying, Sedano? Like, they, they, they won that game. They didn't just come up against a Mets team that couldn't hit and couldn't do anything right. They actually executed when do you oh, think yeah. the 25 game hitting streak is actually something to start talking about? Like, what number is that number? Is it 30? Uh, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't look at hitting streaks as a statistical anomaly that's to be celebrated. I look at it as you're contributing every day. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, the record of this team when he gets a hit is something I'd be interested in. Whether, let's say he gets a multi hit game, what does that mean for the Dodgers' record as opposed to just what is Trey Turner doing individually? Sure, but the question is, like, if, it's, if he gets to 30, I mean, 56 is the, game, is the hitting streak that, you know, that is the longest of all time right? right so if and everybody says oh that's never gonna be touched the 56 game hitting streak is never gonna be I touched because of social media yeah. and all this other stuff so i mean 44 is the next highest from pete rose so are, at what point do you actually start thinking like whoa all right he's starting to get there uh, you start watching um, and turning 30 it I, I would say 30 i, I mean say because, 40 personally 40 that's so many no games. 30 you're getting on the 30 you're on my radar like when I mean, you... I, he's on my radar now because he's with the Dodgers. But I'm saying, yeah. like, even if even if it was like a random pirate or royal, 
If you get to 30, I'm going to notice. I, I, so I, at what point does SportsCenter start switching over like, oh, Trey 40. Turner's up. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, no, it's 40 when it's, they do it's that. It's 40, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. And the other thing yeah. is that like. Because 40, you're in rarefied air. Only six people have done that's that. That's the thing is that it's, yeah. got, it's got to have gotten to 30 a couple. Because I feel like that number is something, is a number that I know. I mean, he was a batting champ last year. And I, the other thing is that I don't think, it's not to say that I don't think hitting streaks are that impressive. It's just that I think that in the context of what I look for in what yeah. makes teams good, I'm not worried about some guy's hitting streak. That's very rarely like a big part of the equation. For this team, it might be. Because if he's pacing them like that, it allows everybody else in the lineup to feel like they can sort of, you know, do what they got to do because they know they've got a guy in Trey that's really consistent. That's one thing. But I, I, I think they might at the 35 mark, to your point, George, at 35, if you're a Dodger, the conversation starts nationally. At 35, if you're a Royal, as you said, yeah. uh, George, probably not. He's probably got to get to 40. Um, I, so I'm looking here on the list. Um, the last person to get to 30 was Freddie Freeman, actually. Yeah. In 2016, when he was with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Andre Ethier's on this list at 30 games in 2011. Uh, There's a lot of interesting names here. I mean, Moises Alou, Ryan Zimmerman, Albert Pujols. I remember uh, Zimmerman's, yeah. Nomar Garcia-Para, Sandy Alomar Jr., George Brett. Like, there's a lot. Like, when 30 actually has a lot of big names that have gotten to 30. All the people you named is what? Two, three Hall of Famers in that group? Uh, George Brett is a Hall of Famer, right? Albert Pujols is going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, Freddie Freeman, Freeman is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sandy Alomar Jr. is a Hall of Famer, no? I believe so. And if he's not, he's in my personal he will be. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, Stan Musial in uh, at a thirty game Stan history. The man. So yeah. All right. Stan the man. So yeah, thirty will you know? I mean, generally speak, I mean historically, there's not been that many. So uh, to me, thirty is a good benchmark. I would say for at least me to notice. Trey Turner, man, I'm telling you. You weren't talking now watch, about- we're going to jinx him. He's going to end no. up screwing it up <laughs> exactly. tonight. We're talking about it finally. Greg, I told you, man, that guy's going to be a bigger difference maker than you realize. Oh, no, look. I told I've- you as soon as he came, you're like, we don't know anything about him out here. Get this guy out of here. And I was like, hey. No, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, that was, those were not words that were ever spoken. I didn't say you, know you said it. get this guy out of here, but you were not that pumped about potentially well, having to give him a boatload of money. Well, no, not for for him because I thought because I really wanted Corey Seager and Corey Seager is still having a very good year and he's a, a fantastic ball player. But they're basically even for the most part. So, but what he's doing for this team, he's their number three hitter and he leads the league, the team in RBIs. Like he's doing ex- everything he's supposed to do. He's got speed. He's got power. He's yeah. he's a five stu- a five tool player. Like they love. Did to you say. almost call him a five stool player? I, I is that did. what almost and, happened? There? And you know what? Sometimes your words get mixed up. George, this man's you been here what? since a single single digit hour of the morning. <laughs> That's so. true. I will give him a little leeway on that. <laughs> I've been here since 8.15 in the morning, so yes. <laughs> and it looks at every bit on his face, for those of you who can't see. I'm just saying that, I'm saying that in solidarity. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Like, I'm saying that in solidarity. Wow. This man is burning the midnight oil. What's the term? Burning the candle on both ends? Yes. I'm just yes, botching my ends. metaphors all over the place. But no, but uh, I love him. He's great. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean he, he's, he's great. And... Now, when are they going to bring up this? How, how do you say this kid's name from in, down in the minors? That's just like you know, fantastic in Oklahoma City. Pepio is that how you oh, say? Yeah, it? Ryan Pepio. He's already been up a couple He's times. A couple pitched, times. I think, three three times already. And the last outing was very good. His first two outings, he had a lot of walks. Where I think the first one, he had like seven or eight walks in it. It was mm-hmm. just really wild. But and his last one, I don't think he gave up any runs. Maybe two, but I don't remember exactly. But yeah, no, he's starting to look good. All of these dudes that they have down in the minors, though. There's just guys ready to come up and pitch for this team whenever. Like a lot of these dudes that are that are ready to go. Mitch White the other night pitched really well. He would be a starter on basically every other team in the in baseball. 
Pepio might be on that list. He's probably just a young guy, though, and, like, 24-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, I think that some of this is just a natural order of having a good system. You know what I'm saying, George? Like, you know, you, you don't yeah. have to bring everybody up all the time just because they show some flashes. You know, you keep people down until you need them, and that's just kind of how baseball works. So I, I think if he can find his way onto the staff, that's that's great. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I would worry about him being down as some indication that anything is going wrong. Oh, no, 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 yeah. not by any means. But I think just because right now is probably the time when you could – Utilize kind of get him, away I with think. it, yeah. No, it's just true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, because you know Kershaw's you know down getting a rehab start, and uh, you know why not? Like, what is Dustin May's timeline? Is this still the All Star break? Yeah, still right around the All Star break. But when he comes up, man, that dude is going to just step right in. So if Tony Gonsolin, who's pitching fantastically right now, if he starts to go down just a little bit, like Dustin May is going to step right into that spot. I love Dustin May, by the way. He's amazing. He's he's the red hair. I mean, he's got a whole thing going that is just pumped that into my veins. The way he throws, the way he works, you know, just everything about him is the kind of pitcher I like. All right, coming up next, speaking of someone you like, I like Darvin Ham, and I'm going to give you the comparison because everyone always loves a good comp, Clinton. Sure. So I, I've got the comp for you, and I, am I, I ready? Say, am I well, ready for I, the comp? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I feel like you. You, you will agree with me once I lay it out for you. Right. And I'm hopeful that Laker fans can take some of the potential bias out of this, is oh, what I would say. Good luck with that. Okay, we'll get to that coming up in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. My favorite time in the NBA was when this was a popular song. Banger. And you'd go to the arena, and they would play this, and you see, like, old people singing this song, <laughs> not knowing what the song really meant. Right. Forget you versus yeah. bleep you. Correct. No. This yeah. is, this is. I mean, this song, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think about, when. what year did this song come out? I feel like uh, I remember feeling like I'm going to say like 2012-ish. 2012 ish 2012 2013 I remember feeling like this is the first time where I remember being old enough to be like I don't care what anybody thinks I love this song it's a 2010 hit. actually I'm, I'm going to dance in the club when I hear this song because it's just that much of a jam you know what I'm saying yeah. on the banger bop jam list this is this is this is a jam I think it's a little bit more than a bop yeah I, I would agree with that yeah this is a great song it's a great song. It sounds a lot more joyful, though, than what you would than think what it's it would about. sound like. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it sounds yeah. like the kind of song that should be on an animated movie soundtrack. Correct. Sounds like, but you know? no. No, right. no, no, absolutely <laughs> no, not. but it's no, not. No, but no, exactly. No, no, no. no. Can't have that, actually. <laughs> but get you. It does. Animated movie soundtrack, though, is like absolutely <laughs> what it sounds like. I never really thought of it that way, but an absolute way to describe it. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that is fantastic by you. Um, Thank you. So anyway, um, so I, I just saw on Twitter now, because uh, I love monitoring the trending, as I told you, hence why we got into the Olive Garden conversation. Sure. Uh, Richard Jefferson, our pal, uh, is on there because he says shortening the NBA season would be absurd. Why? 
Um, he says, quote, professional sports is not good on your body. It's supposed to separate the people that can do it from the people that can't do it. Part of the greatness is the longevity. That doesn't make sense, though. I, I, okay. I love RJ. You love RJ. We love RJ. By the way, shouts to Perk, who was wearing a ridiculous outfit. Yeah, he was wearing a, a jail outfit because he says that the Celtics defense put the handcuffs on the Warriors. Perk, I love you, my man, but you got to get somebody to run those ideas by before you go all the way to the air with them. That was like a – you could have done all that with just the handcuffs without the Alcatraz outfit. But I'm not going to say that to his face because he could bop me into the ground like Andre the Giant in Princess Bride. Anyway, um, I think that the question of longevity in the NBA in terms of what RJ is talking about – I. I the problem is that there are not an infinite supply of great basketball players just roaming around out there to the point that I think even the average NBA fan won't notice the difference. The player pool is a little too small to be goofing around with it just based on a sort of machismo element. This isn't football where you can kind of say, all right. 85% of the guys are people that most people probably don't really know about and are arguably replaceable because of the way the game works and so on and so forth. I think the NBA, it's a self-protection issue. If you want your stars to be available all the time mm-hmm. so that the product is the best at all times that you air it or that you play it, well, then, yeah, shortening the season has to be realistic because you argue all the time, not you, but one argues all the time, well, this load management is BS and so on and so forth. Well, the human body can only do so much. I don't need the the valor of the league to go up against what the regularity of being a a human is. If if if, if guys can't play because they're hurt because they can't play too much, play less so the guys who are good can play more. This 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 makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you. Like I I actually feel like the season is too long to begin Way with. Too long. Yeah. And if you you know, and if they're really steadfast in doing this mid season tournament thing, you're going to have to shorten the regular season. Like, yeah. That's going to be a thing that you're going to have to do. Uh, I actually liked the 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 lockout season in 2011 or whatever it was. Now I didn't like that they played 66 games in 123 nights. Uh, because I felt like that was kind of crazy. Right. But I did like 66 games in the regular season. If you dropped the NBA season 20 games, nobody would blink. Like, no. sure, it would change different things, obviously, about the money coming in and the cable contracts and all that. But to the average basketball fan, 20 games lopped off of the NBA season would not be some earth-shattering situation, Greg. How, would, how did you feel about the 72-game the season after the pandemic year? That That was a little different because of the way that 72 games is a decent amount, but I, I, I feel more largely that was a different thing because the, the issue there was the timing based on when you started the season. And the bubble. And the bubble the and bubble all that. That, all that, that was yeah. my concern with that is that everything was rushed. What was it, five weeks from draft to training camp when yeah. it's normally 11 or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like it was, yeah. it was that, that, that whole calendar was screwed up, never mind the number of games there. But I, I think 72 is fine, but I think a real change. Knock off 20 games. Or go to 65. You know what I'm saying? I, that, that would not bother me. Not at all. Yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with it either, to be honest with you. 72 is fine. Uh, I liked 66, though. That was my I, – I did really enjoy that. But the problem is if you go less than 72, then people start – and I hate this conversation, too, because, like, whatever, dude. Like, I, I don't think I, – I get that stuff matters, but the way the game is offense has changed. Like, people are going to say about records, right? But oh, the way the game has changed and how many shot attempts we're taking, I feel like some of this stuff is – I don't want to call it currently inflated, but it's certainly uh, reflective of the times is the way I would describe I would agree. It. And uh, just I, I caution all you basketball fans, the cool thing about the NBA 
versus a lot of other sports is that the way that the game changes and develops year to year, generation to generation, is such a faster metabolism than any other major sport in America to the point that clinging to the old records anyway just kind of isn't really that smart of a way to look at the league in terms of what there is to like about it. Sure, people who compare numbers are always going to be there. That's half of what we do. This is why Rings Mountain comes up. This is why we're arguing about Bill Russell, uh, you know, trophies as to you know how to delineate who's better than the other when it comes to the finals. But I'm sorry, there's no real comparison between the NBA that Chamberlain, you know, all these guys played in, even going back to Jordan and Worthy and Magic compared to now like it's, it's just not the same and you can say the numbers are the constant but the basketball is the constant all these people are still with us we can remember it so i don't i don't default to oh well the numbers are going to be screwed up man so what if we get better basketball we get better basketball and that's ultimately what the goal is for me yeah i, I i'm with you as well i i want that speaking of good basketball i i've been uh, very much on the side of hiring darvin ham and i started to kind of think about it yesterday uh, maybe the day before, but anyway, I started thinking about it recently about who he um, reminds me of, and honestly, the guy that's come to mind is the guy coaching in the NBA Finals, Ime Udoka. Really? Yeah, both guys, role good role players, right? Yeah. Um, on on their teams, kind of coming up, and you know, weren't necessarily stars. But we're, we're, we're guys that the stars respected as players, okay? Mm-hmm. Because they were tough dudes, okay? And, like, Udoka was, like, he was a, I mean, he didn't get the recognition that, like, a Bruce Bowen got. But he was, like, a bigger, stronger version of, like, Bruce Bowen without having, I guess, the, the fame to it because he didn't last as long, right? But he was a 3 and D guy, basically, mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um, but those guys in San Antonio loved him. And then the other part of it is... Now, he learned at the knee of arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time in Greg Popovich. And, you know, Darvin has been on a few staffs, but Darvin also was on a championship staff. And, you know, Mike Budenholzer is a championship coach who comes from the pop tree. So I, I, while it's not apples to apples, um, I feel like that is the same. And also, the little I know, well, I know Ime more. Um, just because I've done more games in this his first season, you've worked with him, with him more, yeah. Correct. Like I, I've I've been around Darvin a, a, a few times over the years too, but most of the times I'm dealing with Milwaukee, I'm dealing with Bud, you know. So, right. um, but Darvin has always felt like a very no nonsense type, and I know that's what Ime Udoka is. Uh, Darvin to me strikes me as far more no nonsense than Ime. I mean, like. I get what you're saying. He made a tough guy. By the way, tremendous representative of the handsome man community. That's another story. Yeah. Tough guy. At Nia Long, by the way. Nia Long. Uh, I mean, this yeah. is, you know, listen, membership comes with its privileges. But yeah. what I'm saying is that. Wife or, or fiance, I believe. Wife, I believe. Wife. Yeah, okay. they're married. I'm fairly yeah. certain. Okay. And she's, anyway, his number one fan, which is Yeah, fantastic. I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah, well, that's a given. She's been beautiful her whole life as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Hey. She, she doesn't age. Friday, I mean, but um, what was I saying? Okay. Ime Doka, tough guy, relatively well-known dude in terms of his role player status. To me, Darvin Ham, mean guy. And I like yeah. that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm taking yeah. it a step up with Darvin Ham. I remember Darvin Ham in college, not just from breaking backboards, but yeah. for getting rebounds and right. being that dude about that action. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I think that the level of respect that they get is similar, but they don't read the same to me. I feel like Darvin's motor is a little different just from what I remember about him and just from what I, you know, can kind of recall about his playing career and how that's adapted to his coaching style. So while I do think there's a comp, 
I do think there's a different edge with Darwin that I, I think might be something the Lakers could probably could use, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think especially if you're going to have to coach the type of personalities, uh, the mixture of personalities, the super veteran guys that we always discuss, those three guys. But honestly, also, there's a lot of young guys on this roster that they're at least going to try to develop, whether it's an Austin Reeves or a Stanley Johnson, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you, you know, those guys also have to be coached a certain way. I agree. Let me ask you about this, George. And I know that we're getting on the third rail here because Lakers fans try to act like it's championship or bust all the time. That's not realistic at this point. But I will ask you, and Greg, I want to get your thoughts on this too. If you said to yourself, make the playoffs – develop some guys are you of the personality type where you can live with some development of some guys and the reason I say that is because the very team in the west that we're watching right now in the finals they developed some guys they took their time and they made some picks and then they ended up on the other side of it I'm not saying that you're going to have to do that with LeBron being on the other side but how much patience do you have from a development standpoint Greg yeah, I do have patience for it. I'm totally fine with that. I watch it. It happens with the Dodgers all the time. They developed. They, I mean, they bought, too. But, yes, I'm fine with watching a team get to the playoffs, get better. That was what happened with the, the uh, Kobe Shaq Lakers. Yep. They developed. They became better as they went along, and then they finally they went on a long run. I want a long run. I enjoy the long runs. I don't want the one year and done. George? I, yeah, I think you have to be able to develop and win in the margins. Like, I, especially in the NBA, the way the economics work these days, where you're going to have probably a couple of high-priced veterans, and then you know the bottom seven or eight of your roster is going to have to be one in the margins. Yeah, I mean, and this this is this is what I preach all the time. And Lakers fans come back to me and they say, "Oh no, we're used to championships." This that a third. I'm like, dude, it's 2022. You can't win that way right now. You got to find people who are willing to hang around create a culture, learn to like each other, and then, hopefully, you win. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not unheard of. And I think Darvin, at the very least, is a step in that direction and not a step in the, oh, we got the next big bopper, line up the Larry O'Brien trophy because we're coming after it. I don't, I don't think that's realistic, and I hope Laker fans are in, are in that boat too because that's not a bad boat to be in, George. Oh, I, I agree. I don't think it's a bad boat to be in. Like, I, And I think this is going to take a minute. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think that this is a, a, an overnight fix. I mean, look, it, crazier things have happened because the season can be weird. But, like, if I were betting, and I, Laker fans are going to get really mad when I say this, because especially Greg and Laura, but if I were betting on a team next year in L.A. to don't have a bounce-back uh -oh. Warriors don't type of season. Uh -oh. Don't do it. Yeah, it's the Clippers. Oh, yeah, just... It's the truth. Like if you're telling the community me community is about to light oh, up. Hell. If you're <laughs> telling me, if you're telling me that you're guaranteeing me that both teams are healthy, the Lakers and the Clippers, which team has a better chance at a championship? I'm going to take the Clippers in that spot 100%. for ne for next season only. 100%. And this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of the reality of what the Lakers are doing. It's one thing to exist in a vacuum and act like, la, 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 nobody around the league is doing anything or paying attention to it when it's just you. But, like, bro, the team in the building is building. We're building. You know what I'm saying? The team up the coast is playing right now. Well, and if you look you at the wear it, you know? look, if you look at the Clippers, their season this year, very reminiscent of what the Warriors season was last year, where 
Um, and actually even worse because at least Steph was healthy for the most of last season, right? right? And yeah, I mean, Steph was basically playing with Draymond, uh, and he was a little dinged up, and Steph was a little dinged up for a couple of, you know, they missed some time. But they basically had to play with the Jordan Pools and Damian Lees of the world and Juan Toscano-Anderson and and uh, and Kevon Looney. Kevon and, they, Looney yeah. and they built up a lot of the role players on this team got built up last season, basically, is what I'm telling you. Right. And what the Clippers did this year by finishing 500 is they built up their entire roster is basically going to be a ton of guys who are going to be role players next year when Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. I agree. And listen, I think to your point, that was only last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it didn't take five years. It just took diligence and development. I, again, this gets back to the point we were talking about before. Sometimes dudes just got to get better. You know what I mean? Like, execution is a part of, you know, a part of winning. And it's not always about who you can trade for. And this is a situation where I think the Lakers just got to find a way to develop, get better, and then look around at your competition and see what it is you can do to get past them because you can't just take anybody you want anymore. That's not how it works. Certainly not in the NBA. All right, coming up next, Radio Tinder. We'll have that for you. Greg is going to administer it today since he's in for Lindsay. We'll do yeah, that Greg. in two minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, it's going to be me today, Greg. So I'm going to, just for transparency's sake, Lindsay wrote these. So I'm just going to read her stuff. <laughs> Throwing okay. her under the rug. <laughs> right? like, no, I told you. She, she told me yesterday. She made it up, and I was like, yeah, they'll just tell me I'm lazy, so that's fine. We'll just do it that way. <laughs> uh, so a 70-year-old Australian man was gifted a $5 Treasures of Aztec scratch-off lottery ticket. He ended up winning $100,000. He told the gift giver that if he won, he would split it with him, and he did. Nice guy. So what about you? Would you split the money if this were you? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Yeah, I think we talked about this yesterday. If oh, I did you? Correctly. Uh, we might have, yes. But I, I, yeah, I have I other ones. I, think we, I don't it. think we did. We didn't talk about that yesterday. She might have told you about Maybe it. Maybe she gave us the story the other day. Lord, doesn't this story sound familiar? No, we talked Little about a woman. No, we talked about I a woman who found. To, who, oh, we talked wow. about a woman. Wow, that's who, a, no, like, because I'm doing stuff. We're back good. Here. She, we talked about a woman who found a bunch of money in her couch. Is no, I know, about. but I feel like Lindsay told us a very similar story. Maybe I'm wrong, but anyway. Uh, yes, splitting the money in that situation is totally fine. I don't mind that, but the one number one reason I want to win the lottery is so I can give other people money. I'm not going to lie. Like if I if I won if I won the big one, I, I think about this routinely. 
who would I bless with what and how much would it be? So, yeah, I'm all for splitting the money. That's cool. That's what good people do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keeping it. Uh, all right. So <laughs> the next one. Uh, so a woman on Reddit uh, went to Reddit to vent for her frustration about a family member. This woman was having what is called a rainbow baby, which is a baby after a miscarriage or other fertility issue. She was having a baby shower when her cousin asked if she could announce her pregnancy at the shower since all of her family was already there. The woman whose shower it was then kicked the cousin out for trying to steal her moment she's been waiting for for so long. So you would have also kicked out the cousin out of in this situation if it was your wife having the shower swipe left or swipe right or significant other me I'm starting greg i'll yeah, say uh, Sorry, yeah, i'll say down. i'll say swipe well i'll say swipe left for this reason i don't think that that cousin didn't know that that wasn't at least a possibility going into this situation and there would have never been an invite you know who the person who likes to upstage people is in your typical oh yeah crew. you all you know you what i'm know. saying you do particularly know particularly in your family the so one like, upper the yeah. one upper or the yeah. person who just can't let anybody have anything without them being a part of it in some way that makes them look better all these people we have all of us have these people in our family you got to know for the sake of everybody else at the party who that person is so you don't invite that element. I don't care how close they are to you. You got to be able to nip that in the bud or rather plan around that. You know what I'm saying, George? Oh, yeah. I, I'm with Clinton 100% on this. You, you, KYP, know your personnel, okay? <laughs> exactly. And, and it, whether it's your family, your colleagues, your coworkers, what, you know what people are like. So uh, I, get, I understand the outrage. I do. I get it. But I, I would say you got to know your personnel. So were you swiping left or swiping right on that? I guess I'm swiping left in that situation. Okay. Well, you, Laura. I don't know what way to swipe, but this is rude AF. Like, look, <laughs> let me tell you, I get it. And yes, we all know that person in our fam. But especially because if it was any regular pregnancy or your first one, okay. You know, you overreacting, girl. Get over it. But because it's her rainbow one and she had a miscarriage, like, dude, really? Like, you can't have... Just let that person have that moment. I think because of that, that's the key thing for me that I'm like, Ruta, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so one of Lindsay's friends went on a work trip in Las Vegas for some type of convention for the industry she works in. And when she got there, she discovered that the company had put her up in the hotel with one of her coworkers. She got... She, I'm just reading this. She got like a management level job. She's been there for years and they paired up most of the employees who may or may not even know each other. She thought it was super weird and just paid to get her own room. Would you ever bunk with your radio partner if the company put you in a room together for a work trip? Swipe left or swipe right? Oh, uh, hell Sedano. no. Hell no. Swipe left. I think somebody actually wanted to do this. I'm trying to remember who it was or where I was. It was here at this station, I want to say, for something. If I could pick and the other person picked, I'd say, yeah. What's the big deal? How much time are you spending in your room anyway on a work trip? Mm, mm -mm. No, absolutely not. No. No, I'm, I'm there, well, that. let me say it this way. There are humans I have worked with in the past who this would be not a problem with. There are no current ones in which that would be a problem. I'm joking. But <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm actually joking about that. There, I, if, this, if this is what it took... For something to happen, like, I don't know, Greg, what sporting event do you want to go to that you've never been to? Uh, I've never, oh, wow, that's a Super Bowl, World Series. I've never been to a Super Bowl. If they said, hey, you got a room with your boy Yeehaw, the president of the Handsome Man community, for a night, 
to go to the Super Bowl, no questions asked. Would you do it? But yeah, let's go into like a. This is for a work event. That's yeah. not. You're going it's to the Super Bowl. You're going for. I mean, a, for work. That's a party. Oh, for work. That's what I'm saying. But you know each other. Yeah, I, you know yeah. what? No, like, yeah, yeah we do know each other. Yeah. And also, here's the thing: like, I'm getting my own room. I'm with Sedano here. <laughs> no, no chance. At no point in my no, life. We could listen, for it, right? we I don't want to stay share. with somebody no, no. else ever. I, listen, grown people don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't here. I'll give you an example. Um, a buddy of mine wanted. We, I went to. Obviously, you know, you know, I'm a big Miami Hurricanes guy. So. Yeah. They played in one of the kickoff classic games in Orlando or something against the Gators a couple years ago. All right. So one of my buddies who works in the hotel industry was like, well, my buddies and I are going to do our big fantasy football draft at this hotel. And we're all going to rent. We're going to rent like a big penthouse suite. And, you know, there's a couple of rooms in there and everybody's going to stay in there. He's like, do you want to just stay in in one of the rooms in this penthouse that we're going to rent? This would be like five, six guys. I'm like, no, bro. (laughs) Like, if you want. Like, just tell me what it's going to cost for me to get my own room at the hotel. I don't care if it's 400 square feet, 300 square feet, as long as it's just got a bed for me. Like, I'm good. And he was stunned that that was the case. I'm like, dude, I'm 40-something years old. I'm not sharing a room with a bunch of dudes I don't really know. Like, for the Mandy's, we're all getting rooms at this hotel. And, Are we? That's well, news to me. Oh, well, no. Like, I, no okay, not well, me, bro. I'm, I'm actually going home. Yeah. So You're going home? Yeah, I figured you'd go home. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a room, but it was when Amanda was talking to me about it. She was like, okay, do you want a, one bed or two? I was like, no, no, just one. Just one. I mean, by that's myself. the other thing. If there's two but beds, you, you take a guess. So if you it's know. two beds, I mean, it's not. No, like no. But if it's work, that's that. That is. I'm sorry. Like I ain't doing that. I'm with Sedano on this. No chance. Zero. Briona oh. <laughs> just walked in and said, "Are we sharing a room together?" Exactly. Hey, you at least invited to get a room, bro. I mean, I think for me also, it's this is tough because. If it's somebody I don't know, that's almost like a privacy violation. You know what I'm saying? Correct. But if you asked mm-hmm. me and it was like, hey, here's what we need for the company to make this happen. Here's a person. Would you consider doing this? And the person said yes. I'd absolutely consider doing it. Yeah, no. No chance for me. Zero. <laughs> Swiping left. So, if it, especially if it's work-related. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm going Plain by you myself. Sound right. It's not cyber, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm not. Listen. Television's Clinton Yates is not a diva. You know what I'm saying? I'm a team player. I let my uh-huh. buddy from college room in my room. And now, room to my if room you were telling wedding, me now, uh, you know? maybe if, if we were if we were doing like a Big Brother thing, like at like we were like the company was renting like a, a house, okay? Right. Like, and there's multiple, there's four rooms in the house, and there's four of us can stay one in each room, like. You know, that I could do that. You couldn't but, even bunk in a big room with somebody else. Not bunk, no, but like if there zero were two chance. Beds. Nope, wow. not happening. Dude, we're uh, like grown. a double bed scenario. No, not happening. Yeah, I know. I'm grown, too. I'm just we saying I'm not grown, grown. insecure about being around other people when I it's sleep. It's not about being insecure. It's about privacy. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm I'm too old to not be private at this point in my life. I see. Like, I just, I want to be able, I don't want the dude next to me in the double bed snoring and keeping me up at night. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> you don't want Greg snoring next to you? Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't snore, thankfully, but no, I don't need <laughs> no, to be. Y'all... No offense, Sedano, but I'm good on my own. Or what if you're like a mad farter in the middle yeah. of the night? You know, See, now that's a thing. Y'all are living wrong, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. come on. Like, what's happening come on. <laughs> no. no. All right, do you want one more or do you want to just yes, end it? No, we can do one more. We okay. have time. All right, so there's an article in the Daily Star about how a real-life Jurassic Park could become a reality with genetically engineered dinosaurs before 2025. 
based on a 2015 panel discussion with Dr. Jack Horner, who actually inspired the character of Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park, said that he planned to genetically engineer chickens to reactivate their ancestral traits. They are living ancestors to dinosaurs. You would go to a real-life Jurassic Park in 2025, Clinton. Swipe left or swipe right? 100%. Not even close. I'd bunk with you to go to that. That's what I would do. That's, <laughs> if they said you guys can go to Jurassic Park, but you got to sleep in the same room with Greg Bergman, I'd be like, I'm in. 100%. Sedano? Okay. No, I'm swiping left on this. Sorry. You had to think about it, though. It. Yeah, I did think about it for a second because that actually did kind of entice me for a moment, but no, no, no. Can we go back to the actual science of this for a second? Can you reread what it is this dude is trying to do? He is genetically engineering chickens to reactivate their ancestral traits because they are living ancestors to dinosaurs. So what exactly are said ancestral traits that he wants to reactivate? Is that clear? All all, uh, birds, which chicken is a bird, all birds are living dinosaurs. So he's saying he wants to see chickens fly. Is what he's saying. He want no. He wants to. He wants to genetically engineer them to have claws and teeth and make them into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So he can like what's like, the word? What was it? Wasn't it like frog? He can DNA like or he can like, like retrofit in... a chicken to turn into some huge dinosaur that people show yes. up to and say yeah, yeah. say where's Jeff Goldblum? Okay, all right, yep. I get it now. Yep. All right, thank you. Yeah. All right. That is Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. Radio Tinder is always presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website tequilamandala.com and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. All right. Coming up next, there was a story today. We were just talking about Darvin Ham. Well, there was a story today. That will, I guess, not surprise you if you've listened to this show because it's another edition of, hey, Sedano was right. We'll do that in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You should have listened to me. Mm. I'm going to do the cap. Uh. Ready? Uh. Oh, this is the Ice Cube version, too. Oh, wow. You know, when you hear this beat, it's, there's a possibility of three songs that it could be. Check Yourself by Ice Cube, obviously the message by Grandmaster Fast and Furious, Furious 5. And, of course, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down by the great Sean Combs and Maceo. Of course. Mace, That's Mace, what I thought it was Mace, initially. Mace and Yeah. Um, you should have listened to me. Yeah, you should have <laughs> listened to me. Uh, let's do that real quick, and then we can do more shenanigans. Um, so there was a story today that came out. Now, Woj had already reported um in not so uncertain terms that if the that the Lakers were interested in Juwan Howard and if he was willing to interview that the job was basically his right sure. so now there's another report out there that basically said that if he wanted the job it was his and this was something like literally from i want to say the last 2 weeks of the season when we knew Frank Vogel was going to be on the outs poor Frank right. um and and I know there's some fan yelling in their car going what do you mean poor Frank <laughs> he got a raw deal, bro. Sorry, you ain't going to make me think differently. But I immediately said Juwan Howard. A, relationship with LeBron. B, relationship with Rob Palenka. 
easy fit. Yeah. But I, I the only thing I thought that would that would and I feel like this is the reason he didn't take the job is just because he's coaching his sons now moving forward. I don't think that's the only reason why he wouldn't have taken the Laker job. Oh, you think there's more? I mean, you think it's too much of a mess? I of course it's too much of a mess. I, I, I like again, this is going to sound crazy. I don't necessarily know right now how great of a job that is. Let's be real. We've you mean t- for this upcoming season? For sure. yes, yeah. for this upcoming season. And if you're a guy like Juwan Howard who's been building towards something, who can write his own NBA checks, if you will, in terms of where he wants to be and how, I'm not sure that you give up something that you've got, frankly, more invested in in your life than, you know, for the Lakers. I I really don't. And I don't don't necessarily think that that's something to be ashamed of. If you're a Lakers fan, you can just say, man, this is a realistic look at where the franchise is in terms of guys look at that and say, no, I think I'm good. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that in terms of realistically assessing where you are, but let's be real about what it is. It's not mm. the best situation to walk into right now, George. Uh, no, no. It, it's it, it's why I felt like they were going to go with a, you know, a, a, a coach that either had been out of, of a job for a while or, or a newbie in, in this sense. Yeah. But I, I think of all those available options, they got the best option. But I, I do think Juwan would have been fascinating as a as the coach of the Lakers. Oh, are you kidding me? This would have been the hire that would have sent people over, you know, off the bridge in terms of just like, yeah, look at that. Got the big one, bro. Lakers are back. People would have been talking about championship instantly. Guarantee it. Really? You think so? I think Juwan Howard is the kind of name that a lot of people who like sexy draws would have loved. Oh, the young, new, hot coach. He's willing to throw hands for his players, all this kind of stuff. Yes, I think people would have been head over heels for Jawan Howard, for hmm. sure. Yes. people. I mean, he's a recognizable face, flatly. If Jawan Howard's walking down the street, people say, oh, look, that's Jawan Howard. I don't think that's the case for Darvin Ham or Terry Stotts or any of these other guys that came no, up on the list. No, no, you know? I'll give you that. Yeah, at least for now, right, I think there's going to be some time before, you know, eventually – if Darvin has a pretty good season, and I think, like, like, what do you think is a good season for the Lakers next year? Because Cap and I have talked about this, but I, I haven't really asked you about that. That's an excellent question. This is what I was thinking about before. I mean, I, I know that we have to keep this championship or bust nonsense in, in, in line as a, you know. A no, caveat, but let's be realistic but let's, here. Let's be realistic here. Are there eight teams better than the Lakers in the Western Conference? Yes. Is it realistic that if whatever you thought was going to work to begin with actually fits together in a non-bubble sense, you can get into the playoffs? Sure. I think, though, the main thing that's got to happen is this team has to – they got to show something more just from a fight standpoint, Sedano. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't just the wins and losses. It was how it happened. It was the listlessness. It was the ability to think that you you don't necessarily know if these guys – care that much you know what I mean and that's right that's not what you want as a product wins and losses are one thing to me it's a turnaround from an emotional standpoint from an output standpoint and from just an entertainment standpoint never mind the wins and losses gotta look like a team that wants it a little bit more you know a little bit more I don't want to say fun but a little bit more like hey we got a chance out here. We're not out here just defending ourselves against things that we read online to talk about after the games because what happens in the games is just what we do in our system. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. that the, the, the Russell Westbrook situation for me, it wasn't about me personally thinking that Russell was like odious or anything like that. I don't really care about that. But it to me was a larger indication of like, yo, what is going on with this team? Why are people out here even talking like this at all? Like it just didn't sound as if at any real point that they thought 
they really had much of a chance to do anything. I think you've got to you've got to get a mentality as soon as training camp starts that like listen. There's a goal here. Whatever that goal may be, let's just say let's set it at a number of wins in the regular season. You know what I mean? Get to that and at least act like you guys are working towards something as opposed to everybody just being here and being like, why are you asking me about this for? Don't you see we're playing basketball? Like that, 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 was, that never appealed to me in terms of anybody who was watching this team on a regular basis. It seemed like a certain level of, I don't want to say disinterest, but it was definitely it, it, some sour feelings. You know what I mean? For the last month and a half of the season, you know? Yeah, no, it, it was not. It was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. No. But do you have a win total in mind? I mean, you know, fifty wins always sounds like a crazy number. I don't think this team is anything close to that. If you can get five games above five hundred, I think you've made an accomplishment. So five games above five hundred would be forty-seven wins. Sure, but yeah. but that that's where the number is that's, in Vegas. It's forty-six and a half. Okay, all right. Well, I was just doing that off the top of my head using my brain. So thanks, Vegas. I guess I'm reasonably smart, but that's still a that's that's an accomplishment to me. Yeah, you but forty seven wins gets you the seventh seed in the Western Conference. That's what I'm saying. You're not luck boxing your way into fifty wins. You've got to win forty seven games. This is not a situation like in an NFL season where you look at the schedule and you say win, win, loss, win. No, like if they're going to find a way to turn it around from what they ended on last year, like again, you're not just starting fresh here. You know what I mean? You've got history between these players, and in terms of expectations from fans, last year ended poorly. The start of the season is going to be very important. And they've got, they're going to have to get mm, – let me think about this. How many wins do you think they're going to have to have by Christmas in order for them to be viable? So Christmas, let's say it's two months into the season, so you're looking at 30 games. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, they they got to be at least two or three games above 500. I think so too. I think yeah. you've got you've got to – this is a team to me that has to get above 500 and stay above 500. Not a team that could say, oh, we're figuring some things out and then we're going to go on some 15-game winning streak. That's not realistic. I just yeah. don't think that that's going to be in the cards for who this team is. They've got to grind a little more in terms of their night-to-night availabilities and what they do. Bergman, how do you feel about this? I know you're already mad that I said that if both teams are healthy next year, I like the Clippers <laughs> you know, to, with their chances to win a championship better. But you can address that if you'd like. But you can also <laughs> – I, I am curious to see what – you think is a realistic win total for the Lakers. So, I mean, I'm, I want to hope that 47, 48, round 50 is, the, is a realistic number, but I don't know. If it's the same team that you have this this year right now, then I don't know if you can get to that. And I'm looking at the standings right now. What team is really going to fall out of the top eight from this last year? Into The, the Pelicans, maybe, but they're going to get Zion back, so who knows what that team's going to be like. The Timberwolves are just getting better. Anthony Edwards is getting better and and with Cats playing the way that he has, that team was a 10 games above 500. The Nuggets aren't falling off because they're going to get Jamal Murray back. The Jazz maybe. The Jazz could fall out of this. They could if they if they move Well, or, they may lose Mitchell, right? Yeah, so, if they move right. Mitchell or Gobert, yeah. then maybe they drop out. So that's one team. But for the most part, the Clippers are were the nine seed. They are going to jump back into there. I mean, I I can admit that. They are they are absolutely going to be in the playoffs again next year. So, I just don't see a team that's going to really drop off that's going to make that that's going to allow them to get to that 50 games that we're talking about. Yeah. I it's just it's going to be tough. If you keep Russell Westbrook, if everybody stays healthy maybe, but if Russell Westbrook is your is the, the number 3 guy like he's supposed to be right now, I just don't see them getting to that or knocking off any of those other teams that have been playing together because this team is not a team that has been playing the same team. It's going to be a brand new team next year, yeah, just like it has been last year and the year before that. Well, Sedano, that's my thing in this overall. People people talk about teams as if they're they're just kind of playing against like a simulation, the ether, and it's like, oh, yeah, you can just name it. Like, no, bro, the competition is stiff. You know what I'm saying? The very specific teams you're trying to pass are, A, already better than you are, and B, likely getting better. And as Greg mentioned, C, 
contiguous. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a really tough road for yeah. the Lakers to hoe right now, Sedano. It's not going to be easy. And and I think that, look, I think they can be better than they were. I mean, I don't think they're 30-whatever wins that they were last year either. Like, I think that they're – I think, you know, mid to high 40s is not unreasonable for this team. But a lot of it, to me, depends on Anthony Davis's health more than anything else. Yeah, well, I mean, Anthony Davis's health is the. I mean, this is this is the straw that stirs the drink. Let's let's be real about this. I mean, He's injured; they're out. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's where right because unless they somehow find someone else who can be a like a, a great big man, um, you know, like I, I don't see that you know as an option. I don't think that you can really replace the skill set of Anthony no, you can't. Davis at the top no. of his game anywhere no. in the league. Really, nope. in terms of available nope. players, no, no, can't do it. No, absolutely not. Can't do it. Laura, are you mad at me because I said the Clippers have a better shot at a championship next year if everybody's healthy? Yes, and then you get my boyfriend all riled up because that's his team, and he's like, I like that guy. He knows what he's talking about. I was like, listen, chill out. I mean, okay. it's just, look, that is an honest opinion. Like, yeah. that is just me being honest well, and rational. No, straight up, the Clippers are going to be good next year. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing this game with Lakers fans where I got to act like, but reminder, mm. the, most, the most prescient thing your boy, the Honorable Clinton Yates, has ever said is very simple. Nobody, and I mean nobody, talks about the Clippers uh, more done. than more than Lakers fans. I'm done. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's going to happen to be the case next year too because the Clippers are going to be good. Oh. Clippers are going to be good. Yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, okay. I've heard Kawhi in those workouts has looked incredible. Oh, you got workout Twitter going? Are we going to show up with a video of him in an open gym? No, I don't. Against, there's no well, a as bunch a of rappers. As a matter of fact, there is no. There is nobody allowed in those workouts. <laughs> I, I would imagine Kawhi doesn't strike me as a very public workout guy. There is nobody allowed in those workouts. But I've heard rum from of rumblings of the workouts. Good so, to hear. I'm a fun guy. I mean, I don't know about that. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. Remember, they brought in Norman Powell too last year. I do. They brought in Norman Powell, Robert Covington, who's like a legitimately really good small ball four. I love Robert Covington. By the <laughs> like, way, like he's like the perfect role player on a good team. He's great. Yeah, I, oof. those are actually really good pickups. And Norman Powell coming home because he's a UCLA guy. That's a it's a good. Yeah, spot. that's what you care about. Though. That, I do. Yeah. It's the UCLA. Are, are you glomming now you just, on? Are you glomming on to the Clippers through no, a side not. UCLA? No. No. What are you doing? No, no, no. No, I, no you're I, not, Greg. I'm gonna have your back on. Thank this. you. No, I'm not. not. I just no, I, I love Norman Powell. So I'm, 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 getting you a, I'm getting you a Powell jersey for next year. We need to no. go to a UCLA game together. Let's do it. I yeah. went to their game against Washington this year. It blew oh, them really? Out. Yeah, I was there. That, they blew them out of the water, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was. A, that was a very uncompetitive game. I yeah. watched yeah. it on TV because I remember um, Steve Lavin was doing the game with uh, Noah Eagle. Speaking of the Clippers, yeah, uh, Noah Eagle who does the Clippers. Jarman, the uh, the ads, my boy. Cool oh, Martin, yeah, that's our guy. Yeah, I mean, I like that guy. He's you should have listened to me. <laughs> it was actually the first time I'd ever been to a game there. And before the basketball game, we went, because Jake Girl and I went, we went to a volleyball game, like a men's volleyball game. Oh. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clinton, I've got the place for you if okay. you love volleyball. Ooh, I we'll, know what he's talking about. Let's talk about it on the other side. Um, plus, speaking of the Lakers, Clinton, I have got a pie-in-the-sky move Uh-oh. for the Lakers that I think – you will either love or hate. There will be no in between. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll do that next.